What's going on, guys? Welcome to another podcast of Silencing a Stigma. We have Austin here today. We have Dylan here today. And me. Who's me? Kathy. Just checking. How's things been going? Who are you talking to? You. Good. Everything go, Chase? Yep. So, a little... uh, background if you want to call it that of what we uh, spoke about what was it last week yes we were talking on a podcast about narcan narcan uh, needle, ex- needle exchange program and all that stuff fentanyl are you familiar strips. with any of that did what are you familiar with any of that needle exchange program fentanyl no. strips you didn't Never listen heard of any of that okay so when you listen to the podcast do you listen very often or no not really when you listen, what's your what's your goal? What's your objective when you listen to our podcast? To learn something. Because that's one of the questions I asked people to respond to on the podcast. As far as our listeners, I asked them, that's "What's any podcast you listen to? You want to learn that? Yeah, there's different reasons: entertainment, learning. True. So I asked our audience what they listen to our podcast for and why, and they came back with some certain comments and then we were talking about the needle exchange program as well. Um, a little bit about that. You want to explain a little bit about the needle exchange program? Well, I'm not too familiar with it. Alyssa's Alyssa's getting some information for me, but basically what happens is it's a needle exchange. So they can bring a dirty needle or a new one clean and they'll get a clean one. You provide them with a clean one because your thought is that you would rather them use a clean needle than a dirty needle. For like HIV reasons and stuff like that, if you're sharing needles. If they're going to use, why not provide them something that's going to prevent them from... So obviously from... some people don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. What's your thoughts? I mean, it could go both ways. I don't really have a, a side on that. Well, so the, exa- the some example... People, the ex- some people think it's provoking using drugs. Enabling. Enabling. Being an enabler. So I uh, I made a comment on on our last podcast about like if I put myself in that situation as far as if Kyle so if we were basically like they asked if you want to go to Kensington right yeah which is in Philadelphia yes one of the uh, I don't know worst parts of where drugs are dealt and used I guess if that's the way you openly, want to put it it's yeah. very openly used. So and they, they protect each other and help each that's other. That's where they, they want to do this needle exchange. I don't know if they do it or not. I don't know the process. They do it in York, too. Well, I don't know the process or anything like that. But say we're at this booth stand, whatever, and, I mean, Kyle would come up to you, right, and you're, you're handing out needles. Mm-hmm. Would you give him one, knowing him as a family member? Would you just openly be like, if he came up, would you just openly just here? I mean, can't answer that truthfully because I already know what's happened and what, like, we've been through. You can't answer that truthfully. Say you knew what he was going through. I can't answer it because I don't know. If Kyle came up to you, I can't answer that because there's. I mean, I respect that because things are really can't. Okay, it's so, going through my mind that's making me think one way or the other, and I can't answer that truthfully because. He, like I know what's so. For instance, me, I said that if he would come up, I'd, I'd almost like talk to him about like, and this is with anyone. I would tell him my experience or like things that 
are healthier in a way of coping with things like mental health and stuff like that instead of just giving it to them talk to them first and then if they're still not willing to walk away and maybe change i'd still give it to them afterwards but my thought was if i could be that one person up to get a needle they're not necessarily going to listen to what you have to say yeah it's true but what if i could be that try you can try why wouldn't you want to try before you just openly give it to them it goes back to it's up to them whether they want to change or not it's true so you can't answer that question would you ever participate in a needle exchange either of you would you ever go help exchange needles i said no i don't know i don't think i would just my personal opinion okay that's fair do i I say you just said you couldn't answer the question when it came to kyle so my question was would you participate if we had a needle exchange which they do downtown york and they needed help with that project. Would so you what participate? You're saying is if I say I don't think I would, then I wouldn't have handed Kyle a needle. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Because that's but then a different again, circumstance. We don't know how the process works. Like we don't know what goes through this needle exchange. But we're just because there's a, there's needle exchange, which they basically give a clean needle, and you take a dirty needle back from them. So now when they use the next time or even there, it's going to be a clean needle. It's not. They're not taking a chance of any kind of disease or anything at all. But then it also goes one step further. They have needle exchange, but I also read an article where they have a place they tried to open, I think close to Philly, but it didn't happen, where you can actually bring your drugs in there, get a clean needle, and use it there in front of them them so that if you overdose or there's an issue, they're there to save you. So what are your thoughts on that? Because, again, these people are still going to use, to your point, they have it in their mind. They're not ready to stop. They're going to do it whether they can come there or not. I mean, it's like a... It comes down to we were never put in that situation, so yeah. we really yeah, can't we answer it. Yeah, but it's it's almost like a safer way to use. I don't know. I, I really know what you're wanna, saying. If you really want to look at it, it's like... Is it, it promoting almost, it? I feel like it almost comforts the user then at that point because he's, they'll be like, oh, I can use and I got people surrounded by me that can bring me back if anything stupid happens. Again, you know this I mean? is our all like it's, individual it's like, thoughts. This it's isn't, like comforting probably. Yeah, we don't have the right I, I mean, answer. I'm, I'm just yeah. curious like because everybody has a different experience. My opinion would be they probably think it's comforting, but then most people wouldn't do it because they're ashamed to be seen as a yeah well, that's true stigma. i never thought about that they probably aren't comfortable walking in there so you got i don't know you're probably but, looking at the most desperate ones that by no means we're not saying these programs don't work which is just our no i point. just if listeners know any more about it so you have needle exchange you have those areas where they allow you to use in front of them uh narcan is another thing to prevent uh yeah, I know Narcan. To death. But then there's... Fentanyl strips. Fentanyl strips, which I never heard of until last week. What are they doing? Are they like cigarette... No, these are test strips. Or- these are test strips that if somebody's overdosing, you can test their urine to see if fentanyl was in the drug. Or if fentanyl is so... So then what's that? What's, what do you do after that if it says positive? I mean, you're talking seconds. Well, how are you going to test their urine? Are you going to... 
they're OD and you're gonna be like, hey, piss on this strip. No, How does that work? No, they're just gonna like if they get if they don't feel right, they're not like overdosing, overdosing where they're gonna die. They just don't feel right and they're getting a reaction from the drug. Then you can test it to see if it had fentanyl in it. And then what? Well, then they're gonna make a choice whether they're gonna use it or not. But now at least you know you have fentanyl in your system, and you better be careful because a little bit more could Why probably can't you kill test you. This, the drug before well, you put it. Yeah, in that's your... the second part of this test strip. Now you can put it in water, put the drug in water, and put the test strip in. So you're gonna know if there's fentanyl in it before you even use it. And we just learned about this last week. We don't know everything about it. We're yeah, just... we're trying to figure it out. We just. I was at a not one more meeting and not one more gives out free Narcan. And then we started talking about fentanyl strips, which I never heard of. And so we're just interested in learning about that. But it's interesting. The needle exchange is a topic that people talk about. Is it I a think good you thing can, or is it a not a good thing? From an outsider who's not involved in addiction or knows about it and is against it, I think a lot of them would say... This isn't my opinion, but they would say those are all enablers. Like, those are things that are going to allow drug use to keep going. Right. Uh, every single one of them. And so that leads us into... A Fentanyl strips, Narcan, yeah. the other two. Needle exchange and whatever the other one was. Well, it's from an outsider, even including us. If I put myself out of this picture before I was educated, I would probably feel the same way. Not knowing about drugs. But they do save lives. They do. But... If this never would have happened to our family, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. We'd be sitting there watching, how in the hell are they saving these people? They chose this. I mean, it goes back to yeah, the choice. It all goes down to education. And so now we're learning. But this goes back to some of the comments Austin made on the last podcast cast. He was asking for some contributions from our listeners, um, comments and things like that. And he was over the other night and he was reading a comment. And then we got into another topic. So do you have that there? Well, some of the people, when I asked that question, they responded. They said uh, one individual, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't know if they want to. But they said, uh, one said, I listen because I want to learn. I feel I am a better person. Far from perfect, laugh out loud, because of the way I no longer judge others the way I used to. And this is from listening to your podcast. That was one individual's comment. And then the other one. It was basically saying the same thing. It says, uh, hello, guys. I listened to that first because I knew you. So she was listening because they knew us. Now I listen because I find it very interesting. I like to learn what your opinions are about different things. When you spoke about addictions and how you don't understand why people like the gym or exercising because it's good for you, I found the same thing when I became a Christian. Sometimes what we see so clearly, other people do not see at all. Just like food or addiction it's clear to them, but we don't understand that. Everyone's mind's different. Love you guys and keep the good work. Keep up the good work. You are truly a blessing. That was the other one. So we actually had two other people comment as well. And uh, Stanley erased one of them, so I don't really remember what he said. But you had one this morning. Yeah, I had one this morning, a relative of yours, a uh, cousin who was listening, who I had no idea he listens, but he literally said he it's very educational. He's a spiritual uh, person, and he said it's helpful just to hear and learn. And he commends us for what we're doing and said to continue doing it, that he had no idea some of the things that we talk about. I mean, I've had people say the same thing to me. They come up, they comment to me, and 
They said I've learned a lot from your podcast, and they appreciate it. it changes the way they think about things. It does. Yeah, I, I shared a couple of them in the beginning when we started out. There was a lot of people that messaged us, reached out. But, uh, yeah, there was uh, – so we were talking about the needle exchange thing, and then another individual said, uh, I see what you're saying, but what if you did not – Give what if you did not give that needle and he went to use anyway and died from the dirty needle? How would that make you feel knowing that you could have saved his life and did not? This is about Kyle. So this is when I was talking about giving the needle to Kyle and in the podcast I said that I wouldn't give it to him at first, but if if he didn't hear me out and hear what I was trying to say and, and still wanted it, I would give it to him. Uh-huh. So I'm saying at least I would try to talk him out of it or not talk so him out of it. So what's the comment saying? Maybe you would feel bad about it if he died? Yeah, what if I didn't give that needle to him and he went back and used that dirty needle and died from it? After I could have been like almost like the last resort savior. That shouldn't be on you. Okay. Why's that? Because that's the other individual's choice. We all have our own choices in, in the world. Yeah, he's it's a disease, but he had the choice to do that, to use that needle again. Okay. Some would argue it's the disease talking, though, after well, what we learned. After what we learned, so Dylan, we went to a, a meeting, and the lady explained it, that it's like Darth Vader. Is it Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse? I don't know. But Darth Vader part of their brain, it literally affects their brain, and the Darth Vader part of the brain is just wanting and wanting and wanting. And it takes over the, the common sense, the, like the happy part of the brain. I don't know if it was Mickey so Mouse or Minnie Mouse. So it's like your Darth Vader is like in, in control of your emotional... I think it's your emotional part of the brain and your decision making. So what happens is after a certain period of use, you come become substance dependent, meaning you depend on that substance as a survival. Like your body thinks it's a, something that you need to survive now. So there's a switch in the mind where it crosses over to now you just like she explained with food, you need food to survive. Well, now your mind thinks that you need this drug to survive because it switched thing chemically in your brain. It took over a certain sensory uh, decision-making part of your brain. So, would that bother you if you did? Th- <laughs> Go. <laughs> would that bother you if you didn't give him the needle and he died? You think? Do you think that would be your fault? I thought about this comment and I was talking to you about it. It's weird that you say this because I was saying somewhere along the same lines of what you were saying when when this individual said about. Uh, how would that make you feel knowing that you could have saved his life and you did not? I was kind of saying the same thing as far as is it you said it's not really our responsibility to save a life and when it comes down to it the way I see it is that as an individual you want to you want to want to save your own life right and I said it's almost like you want to be the hero in your own your own life you want to you want to be able to take responsibility for your actions disease or not because the way i see it is there's proof out there that you can overcome or maintain addiction yeah so you have to you have to believe that yes it's possible to save your own life rather than someone else having to save your life you know what i'm saying because you almost have self-value in yourself to say hey i'm going to do this for my life 
Yeah. Instead of putting it in the hands of others. Yeah, but Austin, one of your comments the other night when we talked about it and we were reading through these comments because we appreciated these comments was it shouldn't come down to me having to save him. Right, and in some circumstances it does because it, it, it comes does, back to the but, disease right. and what you think. But it's it's tough. It's tough to talk so about because it's would you that can go either you? way. Would you feel like you are the reason why he passed away if you didn't give him that needle? That's that's a tough question to answer because I was never put in a situation, and I could easily sit here and say, I can easily say one thing or another, but until I'm put in that situation, then I can answer that for you. But would we feel guilty? We would feel guilty, but is it our fault? It's not our fault. No, it's not your fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, we might feel guilty we didn't... Because I could bring a piece of cake over to her, and she has diabetes, right? So knowing that she has diabetes, and she eats that cake, and she... Has a, is it, what is it? A diabetic shock. From hyper, hyper something. Yeah. And you go in a shock and she passes away. Who's like, I gave her that piece of cake knowing that she has diabetes and this, something like that could happen. Right. But I'd made a choice to eat it. You didn't force it down my throat. I said, okay, I'm going to eat this. But do you feel like that's. Then, then you're talking, you're talking if you. So you're not on the same lines of what you just asked. What do you mean? If you were to give Kyle the needle, he would have survived. You're giving her a piece of cake and she's going to die. Yeah, you got a it's point. It's not the same. It's not along the same lines. That's true. You would feel more more crappy if you gave mom a piece of cake and she did die from it. You got Kyle, you're giving a, a clean needle to try to survive. Make what if you survive. were in a, in a deficit your levels were in a deficit. Yeah. And you overcompensated. Yeah, that could happen. That does happen sometimes. Where your blood sugar's low and so you eat drink a soda or candy or whatever and bring it up and then you eat too much, too quick. Because and you then get, your blood sugar goes super high at that point. I don't know. I I don't really like talking about I just told you about I don't I like talking about this kind of stuff because we weren't really we're not edu- well. We are it's all educated. What ifs. It's yeah, not, that's what I'm it's saying. It's not actually happening. It's all what ifs, and you can go on forever when you talk about well, what yeah. ifs. It just makes people think, though. Like, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. It's all no. It's all just opinions and perspectives of each of us. But it was just the comment was interesting, and the other night you brought it up. Like, if he chose to use the the drug, whether the needle's clean or not, you should not be responsible. And then we started talking about all overdoses, like. Why does the other person feel like they should be guilty because they didn't stop it or they didn't prevent it from happening? In the end, that person did what they did. Yeah. So. Any other comments on that? No. Again, they're just, they're, they're questions to think about, but they're all what ifs. It's like, I I don't know, you just. That's basically why I responded back. You can't back. really get a solid answer on those. And it's different for everybody. It, addiction uh, affects everybody differently. Yeah, the what if can be different because if you're totally against drugs and you're not going to give a needle out, you're not going to feel bad because you're going to have exactly. that opinion. You're going to have. You're the, talking about a family member yeah. here. It's all. It's all. Yeah. You're going to have the opinion. You can change like, this yeah. story as much as you want. Yeah, it just goes on that like depending on what your thoughts are on drugs and that's why we're trying to make people understand more it goes to the same topic of should a distributor a a drug dealer go to jail 
if the person dies. Like that's another topic that I don't know a whole lot about and everybody has opinions on. Should the person go to jail and be charged with death by delivery because they gave them the drug? And some people think it's going to help curb the drugs. It's not. It's putting more people in prison. And then everybody has topics. If it's a dealer who uses and does it to support their habit versus a dealer who doesn't use it and knows it can kill you but uses it for money. So we can talk about all this and our opinions on it, but it all comes down to everybody's personal. So again, I want to thank you guys for commenting, responding back to my question. What, what do you question? think? Do you think it, it changes people's the the way people talk? Like, okay, so you have people that don't believe in drugs and stuff like that, and they they make these rude comments like. Uh, screw addicts like they can all die and then you go and say well, what if it was your child do you think that'll change the way they think about things some, some would say my child will never touch that some would say i'm never going to be affected by addiction yeah but some to your point dylan like but i feel like that would change the way somebody would think if if they some, said some, oh, yeah. all all druggies can just just go ahead and die because they're all doing drugs. Well, what if it was your son? And I've heard or your comments. daughter. Well, we've heard Would you change your mind then? Uh, it happens to us now. What do you do when you're in a group of people and they don't know that your brother passed away and they start talking about druggies and addicts? And I, think I that's just a, honestly don't say anything because they, they won't understand. But so what you if you don't could say anything? What if you could tell that uh, individual and then if they do come across it, they could save someone? Not knowing that they are affected by it's it. It's true, but in my mind, you're saying I, it's, I guess I'm kind of. You almost got to be I'm self. I'm kind of judging them all in a way when they say stuff like that. I kind of see what kind of person they are. I mean, and I, then I think to myself, well, they're not even going to care either way. So why do I even say anything? Are you embarrassed to say it, or you just feel like it's not going to change their opinion? I just don't think it's going to change their opinion. Okay. Well, how Until do you it touches them. It? Yeah. That's the only way it's gonna change some of these some of these people's opinions is if it gets at them then like in their family. And I think this is the, this is one of the reasons why we started podcast so people that don't aren't educated can learn about it. But do you think they're listening to this podcast? We had the same conversation in the last podcast. What what will it take to somebody that's not affected or is not interested into wanting to learn about something that could almost change their life in the future? or or even just know about it comes down to not judging yeah but let me ask you so dylan says in that situation he's just not going to say anything because he doesn't think it matters how do you handle it or does it matter who the audience is that said it whether you say something or not i mean i don't know about you but the work environment we're in they some a lot of times they joke yeah that's what they say they joke about drugs and yeah that's what i'm talking about but would you ever shock? What would they? What would their reaction be knowing their personalities if you said, "Hey, man, my brother died." Some of them know. They just forget. Yeah, and they forget. Exactly. It goes back to go back to because every everybody knows at my job site, and they still say stupid stuff like that. And it's like because they I'm forget. not bringing it up every single time. Okay, that's fair. I try to educate every time when people ask. So me, when somebody says something like that in front of you, what do you say? I tell them right away. That what? How do you say it? 
I, I come right out with it and I say, I had a son that passed away of an overdose. And either they're feeling real uncomfortable. <laughs> some of them get real uncomfortable and some of them apologize. And I always say, don't need to apologize. I just want you to know it can happen to anybody. I mean, perfect example. Like, remember the story of Kyle when he wore that pink bracelet? Oh, yeah. And the teacher the asked him, why you, are you queer or something for wearing a pink bracelet? And he's I like, remember that. He's like, my grandma died from breast cancer. And it shut the teacher up right away. And that's just a perfect example. It's funny to us because we know who Kyle was, but... He was just lying, but it's a perfect example of don't don't judge people. Like don't just because he was wearing a pink bracelet. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, well it's it's ignorance and like I used to get mad, but now since we do these podcasts and I talk to more people and they just don't know. Like to Dylan's point, they don't know. And so I don't get mad anymore. I just basically say they're uneducated, but I have no problem every single time I can tell you every single time that somebody makes a comment like that. I immediately say, I lost a son to that. Or I, I don't always say a son. I sometimes will response? say, sometimes I'll say, my life's been affected by that. And you'll be shocked one in seven people are either using or are affected by drugs. And let's look around. And there's usually, in most cases, more than seven people standing there. What's their response? Well, some are uncomfortable. Some don't know what to say. Some walk away. And some continue to talk about it. But I feel like I need to educate and say something and I'm I do it every time there's not a time I don't say it if I hear it even if I hear it and I'm not in the conversation and one thing that brings up a lot of conversation is there's not one more bracelets Mm -hmm. when people see you wearing them it's very distinguishable what that stands for and they might be uncomfortable but on the other end people that know are uncomfortable talking about it to us they don't know what to say People that are in a conversation, have you ever been in a conversation and other people know, and the person that says it has no idea about it, don't know what they're talking about, and the person beside you don't know what to say because they know the situation you're in and they're uncomfortable. I had that happen at work. That's how some of the guys found out about uh, Kyle. We're all talking in the one hallway one day, and uh, this is a while back, and the one guy, the one guy standing there knew everything that happened. Well, two of them knew. And there's three of them standing there that we were talking to that didn't know that any of this happened. And they never knew I had an older brother. Well, we were talking about something. I said, yeah, I have I have two, I have an older brother and a twin or something like that. And they're like, oh, there's another Kirshner. And they're like trying to get at me and stuff. And I was, I kept looking at the guys that knew and they're just like, they didn't know what to say. Yeah. And then I finally just came out. I, I told him, I said, he, he passed away. And they just looked at me and the other guys were like, they said something like, I, I wish you guys wouldn't have said something like that. I was like, oh, I don't care. I was like, it's just awkward for you guys, not me. Yeah. I'm like, I, I feel it is more awkward for them. When it they is, because they don't know what to say after that. But I like to educate them. And I always tell them, like, it's, it's no big deal. I'm, I'm not mad. Like, everybody wants to say they're sorry, but that's my opportunity to say what I say. And, and then they judge me sometimes. I mean, I was just at a, at a banquet where the person I was with told the people at the table that my son passed away of an overdose and they were like, oh, I'm sorry. And they, they just, it's just an opportunity for me to talk about it. So, but yeah, that's interesting. Chase is with us today. He's trying to take a nap, trying not to take a nap. Um, but he's being educated too. And we're being educated. <laughs> Do you want to talk, Bubba? 
Now he's quiet. Now he's being shy. So anyway, good conversation. You asked what my opinion is, like how I respond to those? Yeah. I don't. I don't. It's not that I don't. You don't say anything. It's not that I don't think they care. Like, what'd you say? He doesn't think they'll change your mind. It's not that I think like that. It's just, I just like, I don't just like ignore it. But why? If we do this podcast and we want to educate people, that's my question to both of you. Why aren't you comfortable enough and educated? It's not that I'm not comfortable. Then why don't you say it? Why don't you take the minute to because educate I, somebody? Because when they say something, they're saying it in a point of a joke. So they don't actually mean it. But that's even better. If they're joking about it, then they need to be educated more and just say, you know what, while you're making a joke of that, do you know it's one of the biggest overdoses... Okay. I'm just asking. It's it's called dark comedy. So when a comedian talks about, do you are you sure they, they? I'm sure they know all about it. They joke about it because it's they're a comedian, right? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're gonna joke either way. Yeah. Whether they know my background or not. And that's also an awkward situation for somebody when you're in a room and you're watching a movie or something and they're joking about it, and they call them crackheads and stuff, and they people in the room know that you're involved with that and they don't know what to say. Like, I, you, I don't know how to explain it, but if someone's going to joke about it, I, I, I let them, like, it's not, it's not my way to tell them how they should think or, like, because it comes from, for me, it's like, they're coming from a comedian standpoint. Okay. So let them, let them enjoy that moment. Like, I don't, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's it. different situations where somebody might actually mean what they're saying, but most of the time it's from my workplace and stuff like that a lot of the guys know what i'm been like what went on in our family and stuff but they it's just they're just trying to have fun like you see what i'm saying it's yeah, I get like it. comedians it's it's called yeah. dark humor it's dark a dark comedian so it's like no i i some understand. of this shit's no, I understand. But some of not, this shit's funny i even though i like i've been through it like i it's well, it's funny you're talking about this because I had one one listener say to me I went to get some stuff from her and she said I just find it bizarre that they're telling their stories and to to listeners who aren't familiar they're like this is like horrific like how can they laugh about it and they asked me that question like when you're doing a podcast aren't you uncomfortable when that individual laughs at something that they did while they were on drugs and I guess it's just to your point it's how they cope with it it's on your response and how right. you think they're what their intentions are as far as what their statements are right. you know what i'm saying but like if you, you don't got understand, to understand drugs you wouldn't find a humor that's what they do like sometimes you do that because you're insecure or whatever and so you make that joke but to an outsider who doesn't understand that environment I mean, or what they go through it shocks them i mean i get it all the time at work though uh i'll be I'm always constantly working, right? I even got it yesterday. Like, it's Friday, and, and we get done pouring, right? And the guy was like, because I was working, and he's like, "What? why are you so motivated? And I was like, it's it's just stuff that we got to get done. First of all, it's winter's coming. So the more I can get done now, the more I less I have to do on this job, and it's it's like an hour away, So it's and I know the next job is probably going to be closer. So the quicker we get this job done... And the more work I put in now, the less I got to do later and the sooner I'll be at a closer job, right? So, like, there's things in my mind that are going 
ahead of that. So, but there's times where me and especially this other guy who is his worth ethic is like extreme, like doesn't stop. He just keeps going and going. And I get a lot too. Like you're always doing something like you, you'll have guys who stand around and talk like three or four people in a group and talk. And I'm just there working and working and working. And they'll come up, they'll be like, what drugs are you on? Cause I want to be on them too. You smoking crack today? Like those jokes, like you get them too, because they do that to me all the time. Like I, th- and then I'll make comments like, I saw a lion in the back of the car, right? You guys all think I'm on drugs then, right? Because that's what most people think. They're like, well, I don't know what you're on, but I want to be on the same thing. Like, I get those comments all the time. And to me, it's not like... Yeah, those are in a joking way. That's what I'm saying. So it's not like, what do you you think I'm going to say? They're joking like, what kind of shit are you on? Yo, bro, my brother died (laughs) on that shit. Like, that's not funny. No, because I understand. You can't get personal with like comments like that. No. That's what I'm saying. If you're always personal like that, you're going to be freaking depressed. It's no, like, I'm not take saying life, I do that. You can't take life very serious to the point where you can't even take a joke. That's where I'm coming from. And a lot of our workplace conversations is that com- is construction lingo. I That's get it. where the intentions, and I understand where their intentions are coming from. That's why I laugh too. It's like, yeah, I'm on some crazy shit. Like, I got it. So my situation is probably because I'm not on a job site or a little bit different. It's not necessarily the environment you're in. It's just you got to understand like where they're coming from, like what kind of conversation you guys holding. Like those are just joking conversations. Now, if you're in a full conversation and they're dissing on somebody all in serious matter, like those fucking guys can die and shit like that, then yeah, you can step in and educate. But under our circumstances, it's just, it's what we do. It's the audience. Even for me, it's the audience. So when it comes down to it, it, understand their intentions and where they're coming from. and, And then you can go on from there makes sense yeah because everybody jokes i mean i have the one boy at work who was in prison and they we gave out i don't know what was going on over in that area the department that one day but somebody had a bag or something he goes oh i'm going to the hole and the other guy said what does that mean and he said i'm going to the hole and he, he was like i don't know what that means he said i was in prison dude like this is what you get and then he looked at another person in the room he goes remember you know what i'm talking about and it was just awkward for the guy who had no idea, like, what was going on. Sometimes they bring it on them. They talk. They make the jokes about themselves. Yeah, they do. But, and then at that point, everybody's laughing and we're explaining what's going on. So, and that was the point that one of the listeners made. How can they laugh at something so serious? Like, how can you make a joke about being in the hole? Like, you were in prison. Like, doesn't that bother you that you were in prison? And they just take that experience and try to make light of it because they're better and they've moved on from that in their life i just think there's a line between education and just rolling with the conversation got it okay like you can't be serious like dylan said you can't be serious about every little situation i'm not because you're gonna overwhelm yourself but every opportunity that i get a chance to say it i'm gonna say it I'm always going to say Come to our work job, our workplace. <laughs> I have a lunch a lunch meeting. <laughs> you say it's just to educate or do you say it because you get ticked off? No, I don't get mad. I used to get mad. I don't even get mad anymore because it's they're uneducated. Like they're ignorant to the, like we were. So I don't get mad about it. It doesn't bother me at all. I just want to educate. So. Okay. Anything else while we have Dylan here? Dylan needs to come back to some more of these. He could put some questions out here and challenges us. You got any questions for anybody? Mm. Yeah, what do you what do you think life is? Alright guys, 
that will be it for this week's episode of the podcast. We uh, gave you a little hint to what next week's podcast is going to be about. Dylan at the end there asked, what is life? So that will give you something to think about if you are listening to the podcast. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. If you guys have any comments about what we spoke about, anything, um, leave us a comment, like our podcast, and uh, we'll catch you on next week's episode. Peace.